me how to say ladies and gentlemen in gender neutral terms. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. That's pretty exciting, right, Omega? Indeed. Yeah, right. HIAC talk radio is always exciting. Get in there. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Fight forever, Guardian. I think you broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Shout out to Wolfie 27. Um, oh, Wolfie. H. Hi. H. That's an old friend of mine who just got married this weekend after 47 years of loneliness. I'm just kidding. 48. 48. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. It was 48. Um, HIAC Talk Radio is here. Uh, we have some stuff to talk about. And I just want to start controversially by saying um, there should only be one NWA World's Champion right now. One. They are Max. It's wonderful that they are the women's, the NWA Women's Champion. Max is amazing. The character's amazing. They're a great wrestler. They look different than anything out there right now, unless you're Sarah Logan ripping her off on SmackDown or whatever show she's on now. Um, and that's barely. Um, but they should be the world champion. Not Impact Wrestling guy who left and did his own company that nobody went to see from 10 years ago that should not be your champion eventually billy corgan will get it right he he had a good run he had, he started with tim storm and he jumped right on with nick aldis who had an amazing run and i was mm. pleasure i had the pleasure to see nick wrestle twice locally mm-hmm. and defend that title and they were amazing of course yeah. that's why he was the nwa world's champion um trevor murdoch I'll mm-hmm. give you that one because he's a Murdoch and you might as well be his father. He's a spitting image. And I mean that in the <laughs> most respectful way possible. Mm-hmm. And then we go to, I can't run the ropes. Tyrus to the guy who used to be on big. No, EC3 wasn't on big. Bro. The guy who was brought in to be Dixie Carter's nephew. Yeah. Nephew. Was it? I don't remember. Yeah. It's stupid. Nephew. Mm-hmm. That's who's world champion, but at least the man can wrestle versus uh, Fox, I wouldn't say the Fox News guy, the Fox Nation guy, the guy who can't even get on Fox News unless it's Dauber or whatever the hell his name yeah. is. And who the hell watches that? But at least EC3 looks like a professional. A wrestler? wrestler. Yes. Ah. He looks like someone who could... Nick Aldis actually embodied who the NWA champion oh, God. should be. I mean, he's a he was a throwback. Um, I think he embodied the class even more than... That's going to be controversial to you, Craig, uh, to, to Flair. I think he was a step above Flair. Yeah. As far if as you put a, if you put a picture of Nick Aldis holding the 10 pounds of gold alongside any of the previous generations NWA champions, put it next to Flair or Harley Race in a suit wearing that gold, he fits right in seamlessly. You're not going to look at Nick Aldis and say, oh, well, he doesn't, you know. Yeah, nobody will know the difference. Yes. He Nobody knows from a different year time. Yeah. Yeah. And and EC3 and, and 
to him because man, that guy's been put through the ringer. He was brought in to both companies, to TNA and WWE, with such high hopes because the guy looks like a million bucks. He wrestles you know? like a million bucks too. Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> uh, and he I, again looks like a professional wrestler. Looks like a guy that you could put a a belt on and it doesn't look out of place. He deserves to have something around his waist or around his shoulder. He looks that looks you know natural for him. Sure. So him being NWA champion, yeah, I don't know why we had to get to um. The Funkasaurus to get to uh, EC3. Yeah, yeah. Who would have known that uh, that one of the Funkadactyls would have been the best wrestler in that group? Well, I I said the same thing about when I look at um, um, Carmella. Like she was the last one brought up, but she won. You know, she she wasn't brought up. You make a good point, man. Yeah. (laughs) Who would have thought? Who would have thought? And he said, we're going to bring up you two guys, but we're going to leave Carmel here in NXT. And she, they go ahead of her and she ends up lapping all of them. Yeah, we should get her up there like now. Yeah. Let's let's move that along. Um, Something, something CM Punk. Yes. Uh, I was kind of hoping for one of the other. Uh, uh, Talking heads uh, to come on. Reoccur- reoccurring stars to come on and and help me. On this one, because we are not going to see eye to eye. However, <laughs> I do believe we are going to get. I believe we're more eye to eye on this than either one of us thinks. Uh-huh. I think we're going to arrive to the same thing, but different ways. If that makes sense, uh, we're yeah. going to get to that in a second. We're also going to do wrestling historian uh, to cap the show. Not a long one, but mm-hmm. we were I, we were supposed to do biweekly, but every stuff has happened the last month and a half that we've been every month, like. Just like the old days, Craig. Yes, just I know. Like the, like old, the old days. days. Oh, just just like the old days. Very lovely. Uh, so yeah, CM Punk. <laughs> it's so stupid that I'm saying this. <sighs> it's so stupid. And and let me preface this whole conversation that I didn't want the motherfucker fired. No, I was nowhere near that discussion. That's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. But we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Uh, CM Punk was fired because Tony Khan's a giant pussy. Yes. Uh, that much we agree on. Yes. Um, yeah, so trouble started at um, All In, in at Wembley, which, as far as I'm concerned, was an excellent show. Yeah. Great show. It wasn't... Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't long. It wasn't that long. Uh, payback ran longer, but I enjoyed the hell out of that show too. But this was a big deal for AW because your personal feelings aside, mm-hmm. uh, Mister Mister Meltzer said years ago they couldn't do it. They did. Yeah, they did it, and they're selling. And they've already announced it's going back next year. Uh, now sustainability. If they mm. don't pull an NWA. Mm-hmm. We can talk better about this, but for right now, it was an incredible once in a lifetime event. And personally, for the wrestling business, and I know you'll agree this much, I hope it succeeds again. Yeah, because that will create some controversy and some competition. Uh, but backstage, and correct my timeline if I need, if you need to, sir. You are the yeah. historian. Mm-hmm. Um, backstage, uh, there was a confrontation. Or I, I, the way I read it was CM Punk asked J- 
Jack Perry. And who the fuck did he even wrestle now? He wrestled Hook. Thank you, Hook. Not yeah. to use glass. Mm-hmm. Don't use a glass spot in your first match because Simone Joe and I are going to do it next. Well, no, that wasn't the argument. Okay, well, that's what I I read that days ago, and then I stopped caring. So tell me what the argument was. <laughs> uh, was it the real glass thing? All I know is, is he said, cry me a river or something. A week ago, uh, pr- prior to uh, All In. Yeah. Uh, Jack Perry wanted to do a spot with Hook, a backstage segment where he was going to be put through glass. Oh, he- see, I... That's my fault. I thought it was the same night. Go ahead. No, it was not. It was a week previous yeah, yeah, yeah. on um on collision. Um to further his feud with Hook, Jack Perry wanted to be put through glass. Um the AEW um heads that be or powers that be, including Tony Schiavone, said no, we don't think it's a good idea, you shouldn't do that. And Jack had, you know, stick in it. On his crawl, that yeah, he, that he wanted to do it so so much so that uh, the AEW powers that be, Tony Schiavone among them, went to CM Punk and said, "Punk, this is your show, more or less, on Collision. Can you talk some sense into Jack? Tell him not to do a spot with real glass. Yeah, it. it's gonna hurt him. He's gonna it's, get hurt. It's not safe. Don't it, fucking do it. And it's on free TV." And no yeah, one's gonna too. care, so no, don't do it. So he t- and it's so punk, be- having been told by other people, punk, can you talk to Jack and tell him not to use glass? All these other people that are in AEW that are employed by AEW are telling you not to do this, and you're not listening to them. So punk, you're a wrestler. Why don't you talk to Jack and tell him not to do the spot? And that's what punk did. So, Jack Perry, in his first match, in this match that wasn't on the pay-per-view, it was on the pre-show, did a a spot with Hook where they had a parked car out there for no reason, just so uh, uh, he put Hook on the hood, and then Jack Perry goes to the camera, knowing that Punk is next, and knowing that Punk is probably at Gorilla watching the show, watching the match on the monitor, said, look, real glass, cry me a river. And then moments later, Jack went through it. He got a cut on his arm. Not that bad. But again, and by the end of the night, who fucking cares? Who was talking about that spot by the next match? They're only talking about it because of what happened the next time. Exactly. About five minutes. But again, it meant nothing. So after that, after the match, Punk was up next. Jack came through the curtain and Punk asked him, do you have something? Do you have a problem with me? Do you have something you want to say? And Jack says, well, maybe I do. Punk stepped to Jack. Then we'll fucking say it. <laughs> yeah. He, Punk shoved Jack. That's the way I, what I've heard from at least five different sources that Punk made the first quote unquote move. He shoved Jack. Jack shoved him back. Punk put him in a front face lock. Um, He got... They were run. They were jostling. Monitor went down. Samoa Joe had to separate them. All this was in front of Tony Khan, who was right there. So I don't know where this invested where this investigation came from, or he had to get a team of investigators. 
He was right there and saw the whole thing. Now, if the monitors getting knocked over scared him, and I go, I've seen fights, um, close proximity where shit gets knocked over, chairs, expensive things, glass, whatever. Yeah, I've seen it enough times. Um, yeah, it's if you don't expect it, yeah, it's scary. If you're a Tony Khan who's never seen a real fight before in his life. That would probably scare yeah, you to death. That, yeah, yeah, and mommy and daddy maybe, but you would think your life was in danger. Yeah, everyone who was there or in a in in a fight, especially a backstage fight at a wrestling bout, knows no one's life is in danger. I mean, unless you're in a hotel room with scissors and Arn Anderson and Sid Vicious, but other than that, no one's going to get killed. And again, Samoa Joe was there, um, Punk and Jack. Punk wasn't going to kill the guy. Might have smashed his face a little bit, but nothing. No one was going to die. It's not like he was in danger of killing him. Exactly. So all that went on before Punk's match. uh, And Joe was the one who broke him up. And Joe went out to his match because because he was next. Um, Punk, at this point, who had been fed up, because remember... Punk was supposed to have a meeting with the elite that Saturday. And the elite called it off. He gets to London. No one is there to meet him at the airport. No car. The car, the number he was given for a car service was in, wasn't in service. He had to get on the tube, London's SEPTA, and he got lost. Fans who recognized him helped him get to uh, the hotel. He didn't arrive to the arena till an hour before his match. So he was already up to here. So when he sees Jungle Jack, again, another person like Adam Page going into business for himself on live TV to address something up to address Punk, Punk had it. So after that fight with Jungle Boy, he supposedly yelled at Tony, not lunged, but kind of said, this is the what the fucking shit I'm talking about. Why I'm fed up that I'm working with children. This place fucking sucks. You don't do anything, so you fucking suck. So if you watch CM Punk's match again with, with uh, Joe, you kind of see Punk waving goodbye to the crowd, kind of almost symbolic, like like he knew that his days were numbered. He probably thought he was going to get suspended again, just like he did a year earlier, getting into a fight with the Bucks and Kenny. I don't think he ever thought he'd be fired. I know I didn't because Tony Khan doesn't fire anyone. And there have been several backstage fights that took place in AEW before Punk even got there. Sammy, Eddie, Sammy, and Andrade. But no one gets fired. No one gets, neither one of them were suspended. Andrade actually asked to be fired. And Tony said no, because I know that's what you want. So I'm not going to fire you so you can rejoin your wife in WWE. And the original meeting that Punk was supposed to have with the elite, we come to find out later that since 
all the parties were in Atlanta were going to be in Atlanta, Tony asked Matt and Nick Jackson and Kenny, hey, do you want it since we're all here in Atlanta and Punk's going to be here in Atlanta, why don't we all sit down? You you want to all sit down and, and talk about this? And they said no. So Tony didn't tell them, hey, fuck bags. Let's all sit down before the biggest show of our lives and hash this out so we can move forward. He asked them, hey, guys, do you want to do this sit down? Since we're all here in the same like city, we're all going to be here. So you want to do this? And of course they say no. If you ask those cowards to sit down with the guy that is more popular than them, more over than them, more popular than them sells more merchandise than them, just sit down with them so we can hash it out going forward, of course they're going to say no. So it wasn't that they had a meeting scheduled and the elite called it off. It's that Tony asked them, hey, you guys want to do this little sit-down thing? And they said no. So that's what... that, that And Punk was flying to Atlanta anyway because they shoot an episode of Heels and thought he could... We could broker some a uh, broker uh, a deal or some type of understanding, but no. So CM Punk is fired, and while he takes some blame for uh, throwing the first punch at Jack, no, 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 no. Let me let me let me just add this to it. I it. retract everything I fucking said about CM Punk. Oh really? Wow. Okay. I retract everything. Ah. I was incorrect. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Because, quite frankly, I was not keeping track of it. I was like, I I don't care. I don't fucking care. (laughs) I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care. Oh, more CM Punk news. I don't fucking care. The only thing that intrigued me was the William Regal thing. And I I still don't know what happened. And that's still hearsay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So let me double down on this, Mr. Lagans. Uh, Mm -hmm. Fuck Jack Perry. Yeah. First yes. of all, first of all, this goes back. Now, originally, I was going to say I was kind of putting a 50 50 spin on it, in mm-hmm. my opinion, for what I knew of the situation. Um, But the conclusion we were going to come to on my end was, yeah, but. Tony Khan's still a terrible fucking boss, and it's his problem. Yes. Uh, so now we've gone to, yeah, but just just the start of the sentence is Tony Khan's a horrible boss and it's his fucking problem. Yes. Tony Khan is a horrible fucking boss and it's a problem. Yes. This is um, this goes all back of this. To the, yeah. All of this and the fact that booking is. Uh, 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 goddamn clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. Um, half the time. What we talked about, it all goes back to the points we brought up. A hundred times, Craig, mm-hmm. that writing is hit or miss, mostly miss. Sometimes, uh, arguably, some sometimes it favors the miss. Yeah. Uh, Matt and Nick Jackson are fucking horrible. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Don't care about the wrestling, the kid thing. I don't care about that shit mm-hmm. now in mm-hmm. this context. What I care about is is the elite are fucking horrible EVPs. Yes. And horrible bookers. Oh, 
Also, the name sucks. <laughs> Let me just bring that up. AEW is a stupid fucking name. I don't give a fuck about the fans of AEW. And if the, if anybody hears this, how mad they're going to make me. I just watched a woman on Twitter get harassed because she didn't like Hangman Page. Like, actually really harassed. Like, uh, the actress who played Rose, who was hired to be Rose, took abuse and assaults online for being in a fucking movie that yeah. they didn't like kind of harassment. Yeah. Mary, what's her name? Mary. Man, I am ashamed of myself for not remembering her name because I love her. Um, so I, uh, you don't, uh, you don't scare me, dox me, whatever you, whatever you're going to do. I don't care. You can just Google my name and find my fucking address. <laughs> That's serious about it. It's not that hard to find me. Mm -hmm. Um, good luck. Uh, giving me, uh, get me to care. Um, he leader yeah. fucking horrible. Goddamn. Um, uh, bosses. Yeah. And, you and Tony, um, takes full takes responsibility for all this because even if you watch that, uh, does the, he take responsibility or is he is he responsible for all? Of this? He's responsible for all of this because is he taking the responsibility. No, 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 okay, no. That's, because he didn't. He doesn't put his foot down because again, everyone knows he, he's not going to do anything. So even even just with Jack Perry alone, if all these people are that work in AEW are telling you not to use glass and they have to go to punk to tell jack perry not to use glass and then he who, goes on who is a senior man literally why he was brought into the company to draw yeah. ratings and be the senior guy yes and he tells you not to use glass and he goes out and does it anyway on all in why wasn't tony khan the last guy to say hey jack don't use glass so there's another school of thought that tony likes this that he likes to have his guys going against each other or backbiting backstage. He's not going to discipline anyone because he likes the tension he creates. Tension, if you let if in a lock in a wrestling locker room, is fine. If that works on in in the ring, guys, that you it's not there's nothing new about two guys that can't stand each other and having a wrestling match together. Um, and sometimes it works out really well, Sean and Brett. Um, but if you're going to intentionally keep those guys away from each other, then what's the point of creating tension? Since the Bucks are never going to have any program with CM Punk. Kenny might be open to it because he likes the spotlight, but you can't, that's something that it, they've already made it clear through their lawyers and I don't know why I put that in quote. That the real thing. There, CM Punk tried to reach out to all the parties that were involved in the post-match scrum last year, the press conference scrum. To kind, he wanted to contact. He tried to contact both Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, and it was through their lawyer who told Punk that they don't want any contact with you. Please don't contact our clients. So Punk's like, "What the fuck? Okay, we're gonna do it like this. Fine." Um, that's why he wanted to have the summit on Saturday, and that's why it didn't happen. I was getting off track. I was going to say, um, 
in that AEW behind the scenes show they had when Cody was still there. They were all the women were bad mouthing Thunder Rosa to the point where she was almost committed suicide. None of them were disciplined. Oh yeah, fuck you for this Thunder Rosa stuff too, by the way. Yeah. So Tony is a feckless, no balls having boss who, like so many people that have money that don't know anything about the wrestling business, and the people that know everything about the wrestling business don't have any money to start their own. He's not going to put his foot down. He didn't. If he didn't, I guess he didn't fire anyone. Hangnail, Hangman, Adam Page should have been suspended or disciplined the minute after he went into business for himself when he did that promo on Punk in the ring. That should have been it right there. The fact that he's managed to get through this unscathed and everyone's a Hangman, Hangman Page fan still baffles me because that guy should a should have been disciplined right there and unless you're addicted to the internet or the dirt sheet if you're a casual AEW fan you still have no idea why Punk and the Bucks were suspended in the first place because Tony came right out and said we've removed all the the belt from the Bucks and Kenny and Punk last year and just said they're no longer champions just like that didn't say why didn't say anything that happened. And even now, he said, I we had I had to let go of Phil Brooks because of a backstage incident where I feared for my life. Really? And you know that's all lawyers speak. Because I know he, guys that were I know guys in a situation I involved I was involved with that had a guy come in with a gun strapped. And they didn't blink. Mm-hmm. And these are non wrestlers. Tony, you're a coward. Yes. You're a coward at the word go because, again, you, by all intents and purposes, by your name, by your family name, are the boss. Yes. So fucking act like one. Why did it take 15 steps for you to not walk? Do, for all for all the good and bad Vince has done, Vince was still the boss. Vince McMahon, walk up to him in the front of the, especially since it's Jack Perry and Vince could out do anything on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, walk up to him in front of that gorilla position like put the fucking glass down you're not using it yes fuck you pally <laughs> you're not exactly. doing it yeah if you do if you do it you work somewhere else and if you do you, you don't you don't have to be here yeah and i and i don't what and a yeah. doesn't fire anyone like i said tony Khan doesn't fire anyone but he fires the biggest star he's ever had in the company and the one who's getting, who's drawing, still selling the most merchandise of anyone in the company. So you fire him. And not Uncle Jay. I mean, if you want to send a message to somebody, that would have been a time to fire somebody. Fire Jack Perry. Or at least I mean, actually suspend him for real. Yeah. Because, and, because mm-hmm. let me, before you continue. No. Nobody no. in this situation should have been fired. No. First, the fuck of all. Mm-hmm. Continue. Yeah, I agree. But in in this in this case, though, if you want to make a statement and you you're tired of the backstage fights, fire Jack Perry because you're not the biggest star in my company. Nope. CM Punk is. Yep. No one's gonna miss you. If I fire this man, if I fire Punk, especially when we're going to Chicago the very next week. 
no one's gonna miss you, Jack Perry. So you're you're fucking out of here because and that all- sucks to say because I like Jack Perry. I do too. Yeah. I I I was rooting for the kid. I'm a big and it's not even because I was a big Luke Perry fan. Um, but I think he finally he finally found his road as a heel, and he's he's turning into it. But dude, you don't have to act like a heel outside of the ring. This is a product of the social wrestling social media. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows when to fucking stop anymore. Yeah. Because you know, we talk about it in the historian. Uh, he would wear the neck brace when he made public appearances. Yeah. Um, other than one or two examples, he isn't sitting there at home watching TV with a fucking neck brace on. Yeah. There's living your gimmick, and those days are gone, especially since the in the age of social media, where people pretty much know where you're going and what you're doing. You know, all at all hours of the day. And can contact you at any time and, you know, answer questions or or talk about you relentlessly. Um, the privacy is gone. So, it's, you know, it, when there's so many pictures of mortal enemies in the wrestling ring hanging out backstage or doing talk shows and stuff like that, that the era of kayfabe is dead. Why Jack Perry has to act like a prick uh, to the people that are paying him? And especially to the biggest star in the company who told you not to use glass. Yeah. Why you would do it anyway. And again, goes back to Tony. Why didn't Tony step in and say this when we was first? Tony's a pussy. And so you fly a car all the way in there just so he can do a spot on glass that no one's going to remember. And just so. know that content. Yeah. There's a whole car just sitting there because it was a, another you know all over the stadium uh no disqualification no rules brawl um cough lazy booking so they brought in a car and just so jack can go through the windshield and but and that and that's all fine and well why do you have to say that to the camera that's where i put the blame back on jack knowing that punk was there real glass cry me a river why? That's small penis. Yeah, small penis. Um, the good news, as much as I didn't want anyone to get fired, um, and I still am on go after people that are saying, "Well, good, Punk should have been fired, and I want Punk gone," um, or that this was all Punk's fault. I've been going after people needlessly on social media for that. It is not Punk's fault. Um, Notice that's why I didn't want to discuss this with you until we got on the line. Because yes. all that discussion you would have had would mm-hmm. have been with me not reading all the stuff you did going, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's- yeah, and because people think, oh, Punk's a troublemaker. And I, when he first joined AEW, I said, Punk, Punk's beef, and you look at all these play, all these places where Punk had beef, you had the post, you know, with Jungle Boy and the post-media scrum with Young Bucks and Omega and in WWE, um, and I said, all the, and everyone on the outside, they're all Punk's a troublemaker. But I'm looking at all what led up to all those outbursts by Punk. He had a legitimate gripe. All those things. Jungle Boy being a prick and calling him out on TV. Page going to business for himself. 
the Young Bucks and Paige walking into his dressing room. I don't care what you called me. If I called you all children on a post-media scrum, come to me outside, come to me afterwards. What's up? They all came into his dressing room. And he defended himself. So I don't see Punk as a troublemaker. I see Punk. So I see Punk as a guy who doesn't tolerate bullshit. And if he sees bullshit or a guy going to business for himself, he's going to say something about it. You're not allowed to do that in wrestling. You have to. You're supposed to just keep your mouth shut. You know that. Yeah, and he he did in the WWE, and it's like everyone's giving him shit for that. It's like he was champion for an entire year. And then Rock comes back in, and oh, now he's got to drop it to Rock so that Cena, so he can do Rock versus Cena too at WrestleMania. And then Punk gets his match with The Undertaker, but it still sucks that he never got a main event at WrestleMania, and he was champion for an entire year, but he never got a main event spot, or he and he never got his match with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania because the company had his own agenda: Rock versus Cena. And he didn't fit into that. And that's the reason why, that's the same reason that Chris Jericho left. Um, he was supposed to do a, a, a match with Kevin Owens at, at uh, WrestleMania. But he had Owens drop the belt to Goldberg so Goldberg could face Brock. And so that program with uh, Owens was gone because it's supposed to be Owens and, and Jericho. But Goldberg comes back, and now we let's you know it's all out the window now. So again, got a legitimate gripe. All the things that Punk uh, is blamed for being a troublemaker because he got tired of the bullshit. And in AEW, what he said in the post match scrum was right because I'm too old, I'm too tired, and I work with children. And he's exactly right. And uh, both Bucks doing a victory lap after Saturday night's collision, after the shows, after the matches were over, coming out to, in Chicago and parading around the ring with their arms up is indicative of who they are. Why would you come this out? This shit? Yeah. But, I mean, the, knowing you're at an, uh, on a pro-punk crowd to come out and after the, the matches are over, just to come out to, the, to see the crowd and just to put your arms up and run around the ring with your arms outstretched. Because they're pieces of shit. Because they're pieces of shit. Why do you think they kept it? And they they want and people want to give them credit for putting FTR over. It's like, see, we don't. Yeah, we we we're not. We they should go over because they're better than you. Yes. And that's it. it, And again, I want to reiterate: I could book. I could book with one my eyes closed better than either of you. (laughs) Fucking assholes. Well, that's why they wanted FTR in the first place, so they can beat them first. Because uh, everyone thought they were better than them. Everyone thought FDR was better than the Bucks. And they didn't want to hear it. And instead of doing that match a year ago, when FDR had all the belts, had the Ring of Honor belts, had the AAA belts, and the Bucks were the tag team champion, instead of putting that, putting the FDR over them, no. We're going to drop it in a triple threat tag team match and not get pinned. And then we're going to create a six man belt so we can have it with Kenny. So we can have belts. So we can have our own belts. Instead of doing what's best for business and dropping the third match to FDR. No, we had to wait a year so they can do all their bullshit. And FDR 
calling out the Bucks because that's what the Bucks wanted. They wanted to have a tag team title match in, and I'm shocked as anyone that FTR won that belt. And now the Bucks want credit for putting FTR over and say, "Hey, we don't bury other talent." But have FTR had a single tag team match since then? Nope. We had to team up with the Bucks in an eight man bout. Do you remember after the Midnight Express beat the Four Horsemen for the uh, NWA Tag Team Bouts the next week? Didn't they team up with them with an eight-man bout? Didn't that happen? Yeah. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <sighs> yes. I'm sorry, Dan. No, what are you sorry for? That's what <laughs> I... It's what, it's what we're discussing. Oh, yeah. thank no, you, Dan. My buddy Muzz, who you met at a Royal Rumble party. Yeah, I know Muzz. Yeah. He just texted me, preach, Craig, preach, F the Young Bucks. Ah, fucking. What's up, Muzz? Yeah. Thank Great you, Muzz. Name. I'll never mm-hmm. have a name better than that. Well, I mean, yeah, listen, <laughs> listen, uh, everyone I've known since school does not call me by my first name. You do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've known you since school. I don't know if you know this, but you're older than me much, but you look better. So that's doesn't say a hell of a lot for me. <laughs> um. Stu Gotts uh, says young bucks are overrated at best shitty people at worst. <laughs> yes. Perfectly said. Yeah. 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 Again, again, this is why I didn't want to have the discussion offline or mm-hmm. online. I wanted to talk to you face to face because I was certain I was missing something. A and B. Uh, again, we would have had an argument for no reason because you <laughs> but it would actually happen was fuck face. And I would have been like, oh, yeah, it's. Uh, which just makes me hate the elite more. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have the problem with Kenny Omega that most do, other than mm-hmm. his booking. Yeah, I, I that's just my. I do think he's a very, very good wrestler. I understand, but I also understand why people don't like him. I've never liked the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. I had a moment in time where I'm like, you know, these guys aren't bad. It was a very short-lived moment, and every day. And you liked the tweet. I know you saw it mm-hmm. when somebody tweeted them doing that stupid little childish victory lap at the end. Yeah. And you saw my, I don't even remember what I said, but I'm like, you know, every day I hate these guys more and more. And the I thing is, I don't care. I don't like you. I don't like you. And that's why I don't want to. And then. Never mind. <laughs> no, no. Same. Nice, nice job on the sunny kiss. Waste of sunny kisses time. Yeah, I know sunny yeah. kiss doesn't care. He got paid. But still, congratulations mm-hmm. on changing the wrestling world, you fucking douchebag. <laughs> now, with with um uh, with the Bucks, I will say, um, I was of I when they were getting uh noticed in in Ring of Honor. Sorry, I'm losing power. Um, I was a fan because I'd heard so much about them, and when I saw their matches on um, I think it was on a Ring of Honor Best of. And I said, man, these guys can really go. They're like a uh, Hardy Boys 2.0 or a younger version of the Hardy Boys. I like them. Right. And it wasn't until I saw them wrestle eight years later and they were doing the exact same thing. And every box match is the same where once I was wowed by it and now I'm watching the same match eight years later and neither one of them have grown. I mean, I mean, in, as, as far as like moves, Wise or stature or, or in or, stature, yeah, no, or stature too. And, this and every Bucks match is the same. Um, 
They don't sell anything. They kick out of everything. Um, they bury the referee. They're outside or in the ring, both of them, for more than five minutes at a time. So every Bucks match is the same, which is why. And getting back to what we talked touched on earlier in this uh, podcast, no wrestler should be EVP of a company nope. that they're in. No, nope. just like it's like giving a wrestler creative control in their booking. That's a horrible idea. No, and ever, everyone's point. Ever, ever. No, and everyone's point like would point to Jerry Lawler or, or Dusty Rhodes booking. Two yeah, examples. Two examples, but at least with, with Jerry Lawler, he created stars. He yeah, he, he actually didn't win as much as people were. He won all the time. No, not after he got his ass kicked first by Kamala. Yeah, by Jesse Ventura, by Rick Rude, by you know King how hard Bundy. It is to defend King King these days. Yeah, and we I just know. Did. Thanks a lot, Young Bucks. <laughs> uh, and Dusty, um, making again making stars. Magnum, Sting, Rick Steiner. He didn't bury those guys. Sting was more popular than him. He'd say, "Well, let's put him in the, in the opening match of the card." Or let's keep him off TV because he's getting too popular. He's getting more popular than me. No, that's not how you're doing. So putting so the Bucks want flowers for putting FTR over. It's the right thing to do. They're they're better than you. They're more popular than you. What was that going to do for you? That the Bucks are no more popular now than they've ever been. They're never going to be more popular now. I mean, they've they've reached their peak. FTR has always been more over. They're going to be more over. And that's but even again, with a misdemeanor, even with a misdemeanor, but even but again, like I said, they just won the tag team. They defeated the Bucks in the biggest match in AEW history and the biggest paid wrestling crowd of all time. And they haven't wrestled since. You put Dax in a singles match and you have them teaming up with the Bucks in an eight man. How does it again? So, oh, yeah, but we put them over. Great booking. Great job. Great job. Uh, the good news with somebody Punk- who's ADHD is like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? As as much as I didn't want Punk to get fired, he at least doesn't have to put up with that shit anymore. Uh, he got paid a ton of money, which he didn't need. I mean, obviously everyone can need mo- need money, but um, he he got a lot more than he would have by doing nothing. Uh, and when he does tell his story. And if he chooses a platform to do it, that's going to get that's going to double whatever AEW is doing now. Don't do it on Cole Cabana's podcast. No. Now do it on ours. Yeah. Hey, Phil. <laughs> Always like you, bro. <laughs> Mr. Brooks. Uh, it's been the first. I mean, it, it's so crazy, we, Dan. We should have been here talking about all in. Yeah. But we're talking about douchebaggery instead. Yes. Yeah, and I feel bad for the the, the card. The wrestlers that had great matches on the card, um, uh, MJF and and Adam Cole, baby, had a had a great match. Even had a little Eddie Guerrero tribute in there, um, yeah, with a little twist that ch- made me crack up. Like I, I guess I should have saw it coming. I was like, nice, good, like it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, instead we're, 
Yeah, it was great. But instead, we're talking about um about punk, um, and within hours of punk uh of the news coming out that punk was indeed fired, uh, right away. Reminders all over the place. Survivor Series, twenty twenty three, is in Chicago. Chicago. Yep. We will see. With that being said, sir. Let's 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 talk about things that may or may not give us uh, or harder heartburn. <laughs> Take it away, son. Sir, sorry, I'm the I'm the young guy. Take it well, away. <laughs> way back, I'm the mentor, and you are my manatee. <laughs> I'll take it. That was a trail. Was a Tracy Jordan. That was a Tracy Morgan joke. Be my mentor, and I'll be your manatee. Your manatee. <laughs> I'm not trying to do the black voice thing, but his voice is so awesome. I cannot not. Yeah, you got to do uh, Tracy Morgan. You got you got to do your fine pull pineapple juice. It was getting everybody pregnant tonight. You got to pregnant. Yeah, you got to do pregnant. <laughs> Did you ever? <laughs> quick aside, Tracy. Quick Tracy Morgan story. Um, <laughs> Donald. Wait, wait. I was thinking about him and Chainsaw and Bob. We go. You know where? I forget the question goes. Yeah, you're asking that Hollywood. You gotta come a little bit more quicker than that. <laughs> Just fucking love that guy. God. Uh, Donald Glover told the story real oh, quick. He no. was um, he was a writer on uh, Thirty Rock. That was one of his first gigs. Um, and uh, he was uh, he, he was sitting in a in a chair, and Tracy comes by and he sees Donald Glover's hair. He said, "You trying to grow dreads, G?" And Donald said, not really. What you do is you get your girlfriend pregnant, right? You take that placenta, put that in your hair, be real, come out real nice. And Donald Glover just Bye. said, this is a man that writes my checks. <laughs> but yeah. That man, has never, that man has never been on planet Earth and I couldn't have been happy. I couldn't be happier when I see it. <laughs> yeah, you take that, get your girlfriend pregnant, right? And you take that placenta, put that in your hair. Oh, God. <laughs> Please ah. talk about please. Please. Uh what I am going to talk about, Dan, um, uh, what we're not going to do uh is uh, stay in the present. We're not going to stay in the present because um there's too much uh mayhem and football field fuckery and um booking and everything. Uh let's go back to a simpler time where uh yeah, referee- where there is no fuckery at all. Where champions were determined by board of governors and say sos and handshake deals were gone going on in booking rooms throughout the country, where handshake deals were where word is your bond and there was no contracts outside of whether or not you were a champion and uh, how that worked and contracts. Uh, weren't always binding back then. You can come and go as you please as long as you can make your bookings. I always like to come and go as I please. People didn't care where you wrestled, you know, in one territory or another. Uh, and now we live in a in a day and age of uh, no compete clauses and contracts written in ink. Uh, back then, kind of your simpler times, you could wrestle without one. And if your contract lapsed, no one would know about it except the wrestler himself. And all 50 states 
in coliseums, in arenas, in high school gymnasiums, and some even stadiums, and even malls, there was professional wrestling. This, gentlemen and ladies, is a wrestling historian. Uh, to go back to a previous wrestling historian that we didn't get to, this is how long I've been I've been sitting on this. Uh, the week of the first week of April, uh, first week of April, take two. <clears throat> God, I the, hope not. The first week of August, nineteen eighty, was the Super Show uh, week in wrestling. August second, nineteen eighty, the Superdome, twenty eight thousand fans. August third. Tampa Stadium, 17,553 fans. August 9th, Shea Stadium, 36,295 fans. Uh, three big cards, three super cards in one week. Come on, Amber. And I'm trying to do a fucking show here, cat. <laughs> Come on now. And we got a total of 81,848 fans in those three shows the superdome show did uh 28,000 fans still a record for wrestling in the superdome uh with the main event being junkyard dog a blinded junkyard dog going against michael hayes in a dog collar match it wasn't the first dog collar match but in 1980 um it was the first one seen by that many people uh the undercard of that match, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. So, <laughs> oh. in 1980, Junkyard Dog was the main event, drawing 28,000 people in the Superdome, and Hulk Hogan versus Andre was the undercard. Tampa Stadium, the very next day, 17,553 people uh, with a gate of $160,000. See Dusty Rose take on Harley Race for the NWA Heavyweight Championship. They called it the last tangle in Tampa. The undercard on that one, Andre the Giant versus Ernie Ladd. And finally, Shea Stadium. Six days later, 36,295 will be the last wrestling match at Shea Stadium. Uh, there's only been three. All three of them were headlined by Bruno Sammartino. This would be uh, the culmination of the feud with Larry Zabisco, the Bruno versus Larry Zabisco cage match at Shea Stadium. The undercard, Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan. The undercard. The undercard. <laughs> and in the uh, Superdome, funny. Andre versus Hogan. And in Shea Stadium, Andre versus Hogan. Andre was body slammed both times. Ernie Ladd, to his credit, wrestled Andre the Giant more than anyone else. Never slammed him. Wow. And then that I, I did not know. Yeah, and Ernie said, "I never tried." Um, <laughs> I could hear his voice saying, <laughs> "Never tried." <laughs> never tried. Uh, but to get you a perspective and to uh, adjust for inflation, August second, nineteen eighty, twenty-eight thousand fans in the Superdome. Did a hundred and eighty-three thousand dollar gate. In today's money, that would be six hundred and three thousand dollar, six hundred three four hundred and two dollars gate. Tampa Stadium did seventeen thousand five hundred fifty-three. Did a hundred sixty thousand dollar gate in nineteen eighty. 
Today's market, that would be a $527,565 gate. Um, August 9th, uh, Shea Stadium did $36,295. The gate was $537,000. say, what a shit gate. Yeah. 36,295 fans. uh, Total gate was 537421 In today's money, that would be a $1,780,000 gate. All told, those three cards drew a total of 81,848 fans. And this is in New Orleans, in Florida, and in New York. Uh, for 800, that combined gate would have been $880,000. In today's money, that would be $3 million for all three shows combined. A $3 million gate. This was 43 years ago, folks. So yeah, we're crowing about 81000 paid in Wembley Stadium. We got 81848 in one week in three different parts of the country. Three different stadiums. Um... To see main event wrestling headlined by Bruno versus Larry Zabisco, Dusty Rhodes versus Harley Race, and Junkyard Dog versus Michael Hayes. So, 43 years ago, come a long way. Hey, good glass spot, Jack. <laughs> yeah, but I got put through glass because somebody told me not to. <laughs> Uh, but this week in wrestling history, uh, September 3rd, 1954, Dan, uh, a very auspicious meeting because it will be the first annual meeting in St. Louis, which would be the capital of professional wrestling for a long time. But the first annual meeting of the National Wrestling Alliance happened September 3rd, 1954. At that original meeting, Sam Muchnick, Leroy McGurk, Jim Crockett, Stu Hart, Paul Jones, from the Georgia promoter, Paul Jones, not the wrestler Paul Jones, Don Owen from Pacific Northwest, Roy Welch from Memphis, and Frank Tunney from Toronto, later the WWF. But these were the first men at the first annual NWA meeting, and they would meet every year until 1983 to decide who would be not only the NWA champion, but they would also vote on the WWF champion. And the AWA wasn't formed until 1960, but that was the, um, it was there where they were, promoters were discussing another alternative wrestling organization and the AWA was formed. It grew out of the promoters and the NWA, but the first annual NWA meeting took place September 3rd, 1954. And the NWA board of directors held sway over the largest territory. And they covered, this was back when there was one world champion. Uh, that was Luthez. Um, and there was no competing organization. You could have your territory champions. But in the end, it was the NWA that held sway and and let 
determine who would be the NWA world champion. And if someone was, say, up and coming and drawing a lot of money or getting a lot of heat or getting a lot of praise, it would be voted on by the NWA who would be champion. Uh, so all the NWA champions were determined in these annual meetings. Last week, we discussed the uh, the loss of Terry Funk. And I told you a story about how Terry was in a picture with uh, Kevin Von Erich. And he shook his hand. And he said, your father was a deciding vote on me being an NWA champion. And I've always wanted to, I've always been indebted to him for that. And deciding votes um, determine who was champion. Uh, why someone, and when wrestlers were voted upon, who would be your next NWA champion? Deciding votes would go a long way. So if votes went another way, instead of Terry Funk, uh, you might have got a Dick Murdoch or Ray Stevens as NWA champion because they were also considered. Instead of uh, when Vince McMahon Sr. had a vote, um, the vote might have gone to, instead of Ric Flair, it might have gone to a Ted DiBiase. It may have definitely gone to a David Von Erich. But and it was decided, you know, it would be Kerry uh, following David's death. But all NWA champions were voted on uh, every year, and it started September third, nineteen fifty four. September fourth. Uh, happy belated birthday, since this is the fifth yesterday. Uh, happy belated forty sixth birthday to Kia Stevens who we may know as Awesome yes. Kong. Yeah, who's coming back. She's coming back. Yes, um, I hope you know that. I yeah, I do now. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was a Twitter question, uh, what wrestler do you think should have gotten at least one run as a world champion? Uh, you know, and obviously people have their, you know, I know Derek always thought Razor Ramon should have. I have always been a Roddy Piper in the before the first WrestleMania, you should have got it briefly. But I'm always in the camp for Awesome Kong. Should have been WWE world champion at least once during her run. Uh but circumstances, you know, she got pregnant. They gave her a lousy a lousy name. Um I like the gimmick, her name being Karma and that she was a bitch, but mm. I'm I If they would have done anything with it, it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> let, let some things are better left unsaid. I agree. Um, but yeah, it's the one thousandth episode of Impact, and uh, she will be there, and I believe she is wrestling. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I guess I'm watching as long as I don't have to see from her. I don't have to. I honestly thought she'd given up because she's so good on Glow. That I thought she had a great actress. Yes. Yeah. She has a fine career. I don't know why you would come back. Um, and if, First love, man. Yeah. Uh, and also there's a writer's strike. So, yes, that's kind of why. Well, John, there you go. Yeah. That's kind of why John Cena's back. Everyone's like, why is John Cena back now? Um, There's a writer's strike. Yeah, actor's strike. The Rock to start wrestling him again. Yeah. yeah we could piss off uh, somebody else and go home. <laughs> Uh, and also, so happy belated birthday. Uh, yesterday was uh, Awesome Kong, Kia Stevens' birthday. Also, uh, yesterday was uh, 
happy 37th birthday to Xavier Woods, Professor Xavier Woods. Professor, he don't need your money. Yeah. Remember that, white boy. <laughs> Professor Creed Consequences. Exactly. Remember yeah. that, folks. Yeah. He, we pay his salary. He don't need your no. salary. Mm-mm. Yeah, there's no salary. When I'm getting banned, while well, you're throwing around the N-word, and I'm getting banned on Facebook for calling you a Ritz cracker. <laughs> he don't need your money. No. Okay. Uh, something else happened on September 4th, Dan. Um, not a date that will live in infamy, but a most memorable date uh, that happened September 4th, 1995. And of all oh, places, the Mall of America in uh, Bloomington, Minnesota, the very first episode of WCW Monday Nitro on TNT. Uh, whether, great for whether you like it or not, it changed wrestling forever. It did indeed. And uh, best of all, in a foreshadowing of WCW's time to come, they held the very first night show at the Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota, and didn't charge a single penny for the crowd that they had there. You see a fine opening match between Brian Pillman and Jushin Thunder Liger. I know. One of the great uh, first matches uh, ever uh, between two of the greatest junior heavyweights, cruiserweights, whatever you want to call them. Um, to ever live. Um, hats off to both of them. But the main event of Ric Flair uh, versus Sting, ironic that they would bookend the very first Nitro ever and the very last Nitro ever uh, being in the main event. But overshadowing that Flair versus Sting main event was who appeared in the crowd walking out just a day after Wrestling on a WWF house show in Canada. But the one, the only, the total package, Lex Luger. The the commentary by Steve Mongo McMichael. Get get security out here. What's he doing here? Mongo. Jesus. (laughs) But that was the shock heard around the world because... Like I said, Lex Luger, uh, not only had he wrestled in a a WWE house show the day before, he had appeared on WWF television a week earlier. So, uh, but Lex Luger, known only to him and to the WWF, his contract, um, WWF will tell you that it wasn't up. He will tell you that it was. And what he had in his back pocket was the fact that if he did have a contract, it was breached because in his contract, he was promised the WWF championship to the point where not only were hundreds of publicity photos taken of him wearing the belt, but they even trotted him out wearing the belt at a TV taping just to gauge the fans reaction. And the crowd went mild. Exactly. And thus the finish was changed. And had we done the wrestling historian last week, we would have covered SummerSlam August 29th with the count out heard around the world. Lex Luger defeating Yokozuna by count out 
while hundreds of balloons and streamers fell from the sky, celebrating a man who had won the battle, but not the war. Thank God. So, all add all that up, and Lex Luger saw his way out of the WWF and walked in to Monday Nitro unannounced. But that um, got all eyes on the WCW, at least for one night. And on that night, Dan, when September 4th, 1995, when WCW debuted on Nitro, did a rating of 2.9. Groundbreaking. If you're AEW, you would kill for those numbers right about now. Especially on TNT. Hey, uh, TNT. hey, I wonder if they have anything on TNT that can do that. Uh, somebody they could put on the head of their Saturday show. Oh. Yeah. Cricket, cricket, cricket. <laughs> and that, gentlemen and ladies, is a wrestling historian. And they can follow you where, sir? And they could follow me if they so choose. And my opinions on CM Punk, Tony Khan, and that ilk on fa- on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Craig Lagon, C R A I G L I G E O N S. And you can follow me, um, admitting that he's wrong, and you'll see <laughs> by the episode the the episode title. The episode is titled "I Was Wrong." Episode six hundred and five, by the way, of HIS, we talk radio. Yeah, we skipped right past six hundred, and. Uh, Nobody cares. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> follow me, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Threads, Blue Sky, Hive, Hive, Grinder, Grinder, <laughs> Ashley Madison, <laughs> Teen Open Diary, yeah. uh, Daniel eighty three, done, and 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 full episodes are at. On, on, if you type in HIC Talk Radio on YouTube, our full episodes are up. The videos are up. I uh, I, I put time into our work, goddammit. So if you don't listen to the whole thing, at least hit the like button, for God's sakes. Um, it's late. It's past my bedtime. I need a diet water in my mommy right now. Good night, everyone. Keep it on the paper. Thanks for listening. Hey, Muzz, thanks for listening. Yeah, Muzz, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>